Said I'd meet and I'd wait and let it stay down From shit to sunshine Surviving to thriving The people that have gone from surviving to thriving Surviving the biggest shit in their life Turning their lives into thriving amazingness Surviving to thriving Surviving to thriving Surviving to thriving from shit to sunshine. Hi everyone and welcome to the Shit to Sunshine podcast. On this episode, we have with us Carly Musa, who has a, a company called Pocket Full of Love Coaching and is also a breast cancer survivor and advocate. So welcome Carly. Hi. And welcome Carly. <laughs> I are we are so happy you're here. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really happy to be here and excited to chat with you both. Amazing. Um, we're really grateful that you're here to share your story. And we're just going to have a chat with you and ask you a few questions. Sounds good. Great. So, Carly, tell us, tell us your story. Tell us a bit about you so that our listeners can kind of hear where you're coming from and a bit about your history. Okay, so never really know how to share, you know, how to succinctly, I guess, share a story. But I guess um, the reason we've connected is I do share a lot about being diagnosed with breast cancer at 37. I was diagnosed with an aggressive type of breast cancer. Um, and my kids, it was the day before my daughter's fourth birthday and my son was sick. And it was a few months before lockdown. So it was um, an interesting time to be diagnosed. And my older sister had been diagnosed five months previously with ovarian cancer. Wow. There was a lot going on at that time. But I guess the reason I'm here now and talking about kind of shit for sunshine um, is that I very much took my diagnosis and I guess in a way did just that my life had had a lot of shit before my diagnosis um a lot a lot of really traumatic things had happened um a decade earlier i'd also lost my mum to breast cancer um so getting diagnosed myself was very much i would say a wake-up call to a hell of a lot of things for me um and cancer is really a hard thing to face um but from it it has changed me and transformed me and yeah i i feel i, I don't i don't want to i get it's hard to say i feel grateful to cancer um but i do feel grateful to life and everything i faced up until this point and that is not just cancer i would say like cancer was almost just the the thing I needed to deal with everything else that had come before and move forward in a much kind of, for me, healthier, healthier way. Wow. That's really powerful. I love, I love that you said that, you know, you kind of have this in a way, like you don't want to say you're grateful to cancer, but in a way that you are because it's changed your life and, and your perception, I guess. Right. And everything. Yeah, and I guess, I think I also do need to own that in a way um, because it is okay for me to say that. Um, I worry. I worry because cancer is something that's so devastating and heartbreaking. And, you know, 
lots, lots of people lose their lives far too soon. And my mum was one of them. Um, but I do have to sit here as the person I am and say that I am grateful to all the lessons it has showed me because I am, I am really much happier with who I am today than who I was before I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I think it's more that, you know, I wouldn't wish it. I would change, you know, if I, if, if I could, and I'm sure all of us sitting here today would say like, we wish we hadn't faced difficult things, but that's not, you can't do that. So you almost have to go, we're going to face difficult things. And what can we take from these things? Absolutely. I think it is all about that, isn't it? It's about, that's the way you move forward and turn your shit into sunshine, isn't it? Is that you have to look at it like that and say, what can I take from this? How can I grow from this? Even though it's been absolute horrendous experience, there must be something that I can take that will help me live a better life. And I think you have to have that perspective in order to, to do that. I think it's so interesting how you use that moment, that terminology of a wake up call. I feel like so many stories, like a theme has been that something about going through a painful process can really distill what matters. So it's so interesting to hear you share that too. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got from having this really scary diagnosis to feeling like it was a gift and what, what that process looked for, like for you? Um, I'll try. <laughs> I think um, so. There's no denying that when I was first diagnosed, it was shock, fear. Um, I really, really didn't think it was going to be cancer. I, um, you know, especially because my older sister was going through chemo at the time, I found my swelling under my armpits on a chemo ward with her like you know oh my God. so and this is again potentially where I can see a big change already is at the time I went well of course this isn't going to be cancer like so much has happened to me and my family already like it's not gonna be I'm just so much I guess more aware and open to the fact that that's just not how life works and we actually can face you know that I would say my life has been more difficult in many ways since having cancer for various other reasons than cancer and i'm you know facing that and what you know growing through that as well you could but if i thought i'm gonna have cancer and then i'm gonna have this and then i'm gonna have that and then lockdown and all of these things you well, you'd be paralyzed with fear so i think that was maybe my first lesson with cancer was very much i started to have this approach of i can only do this one one step at a time and that's become something I've taken away from it. Um, so, you know, whether it was the ticking off the chemos, which I did, which became a really big part of like me being able to navigate that. There was, I had 12 weeks of going into the chemo chair every week, um, followed by four every three weeks. So there were 16 chemos in total. And there is, you have to dig so deep each week to kind of know that you're going in again get something that's going to make you feel rubbish again and there's mm. so there's only real sm really with the weekly very small windows where you almost feel I wouldn't even say well again because it's accumulative but you you have these windows and those windows became I would say my 
biggest lesson in gratitude because in those windows it was like oh, I feel I've got a bit of energy I can play with the kids I can really be present with them we can go outside I could you know it was around like maybe early summer at the, that time when I was coming towards the end of the weeklies and the lockdown had happened I was homeschooling the kids you know it was all it was it was a crazy crazy time but nothing deflected from this like huge gratitude I had for these like these healthy windows um so that for me was like a start of that process I would say um and then through the great gratitude for those moments became this also a lot more playfulness because I was like god cancer is cancer but how can we like you know not you know I don't, I don't know, like drag ourselves through this, like life, it really like woke me up to like, God, we've got this one life. And I don't know at that point, you know, nothing is guaranteed. And that is what it did for me. It was like, nothing is guaranteed. I don't know if the treatment's going to work. I don't know if this, I don't know if that, I don't know that. What do I know? I know that I can just make the most of the days I know I've got, which is today, for instance, like today, woken up, we're going to face today. So I just started to just loosen up a lot and like have a lot more fun as well. And just kind of, it was around the time of, I think, TikTok started to be a craze. And I used to be so, so shy. I couldn't, I wouldn't done this. I wouldn't talk to camera on my phone. I definitely wouldn't do TikToks where I'm like, you know, miming and things like that. But it was all just like, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Nothing, nothing at all. Like only me that's holding myself back from doing all these things that actually going to make me laugh or give me a smile on this day or you know if I, w I was hospitalized a couple of times during treatment I was dancing around in the you know in a, in a hotel room here <laughs> I would that was a Freudian slip it was it felt like a hotel <laughs> during lockdown going to hospital because it was like oh my god a break from <laughs> um the hospital uh trips but you know it was just that I think there so I really connected in with this playfulness the, the inner child um within me a big thing I sh I've just remembered as well is that I stopped drinking the day I was diagnosed I stopped drinking and a big part of my playing let's say before my diagnosis had been around probably from teenage years through to my diagnosis drinking that culture getting drunk having fun you know inhibitions down confidence up all of that stuff whereas the day I was diagnosed, because my older sister had changed her diet, I just went, God, I feel so out of control. What can I do to control the situation? I know I'm going to do exactly what my sister's doing because she's having good um, responses to her chemo. So it was not even a thing. It was like, I'm just stopping. Today I'm stopping. Um, and so that was the other thing was that it was this newfound confidence growing while sober too, which was its own journey in, in a way altogether. Um, so yeah, so there was like many things like that. There was also the forced pause, um, which is something that I think from all of us kind of with the coaching thing is a big part of it was that I was, when I was diagnosed, I was doing a 21 day abundancy challenge. I was, I'd introduced meditation into my life for the first time anyway. And it literally the 21 days held me and supported me through being, finding the lamp being diagnosed and the day I found out it hadn't spread further than my lymph nodes and I was med I was doing this meditation every single day and it really did feel like whoa the timing of it and the universe it just felt like okay 
something's happening here that is bigger than what I'm experiencing. So that, you know, that also came with me. There were so, honestly, there were so, I could probably go on and on and on about all the things that came about through having cancer. Um, because it's been, it was a long time. It was almost two years of treatment and surgeries and all this thing. So, so many, but it just opened my eyes to so much, I think, that, that I'd been telling myself before my diagnosis. Wow. I have to say, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the gratitude because I have to say it was one of the first things for me as well to just start being grateful just just start with one thing every day and then and then you know add to it and add to it and and it's now part of my daily routine like I can't not be grateful yeah and I even find times when I just stop and just like wow the sunshine the moon like just things that I never would have right I that never it opens yeah. your eyes to I think these these things that change us so fundamentally and send our life down a path that we never expected and we never you know, necessarily would have chosen, of course not, like we're not, you know, but once you're forced down that path, well, it's, it's in that serious pain, that discomfort that we change, we evolve. And the gratitude is, I think, I know, you know, a buzzword in a way, like everyone talks about being grateful, gratitude, but if it really truly becomes like you're saying that it's a part of you, you wake up and it's first thought and it's just changing your mindset isn't it and it's so powerful to the point where um one of my favorite uh psychotherapists says not even when you want to go like oh I have to do this not have to you get to, get to. and I yeah. think for me being alive is never far from my thoughts yeah no matter how hard my days are and what I'm facing in that day I get to be here to do it and that has never lost on me so I think that that's when you take gratitude to be like you're grateful you're just grateful you're fundamentally grateful like I do everything morning and evening but really I could just start say the same thing every day I'm grateful I get another day I'm just so grateful to be here do that and I think also knowing that your life I think all of us know this and and most of our listeners listeners know that life can literally change on the turn of a dime you know at the click of a finger anything can happen from one minute to the next and knowing that and appreciating that and almost being very humbled by that see that's the thing as well I think yeah. is that would that causes a lot of fear in people mm. whereas I would yeah. say I have the complete opposite to that now if anything it doesn't cause me any fear it, it's like it's almost a solidified thing like of course so much is uncertain life is uncertain and it connects you to things that you know to be true. Yeah. And that for me is, you know, it's the gratitude, it's the meditating, it's that knowing that life is going to be, it's going to feel like hell and it's going to be painful. But I also am in control of how much that pain, you know, has to, almost has to hurt in a way. It's like we choose, we choose. We do. We have a choice. We always have a choice. Yeah. 100%. What a powerful takeaway of I get to do this. I'm just like thinking about all the versions of that. I get to do my laundry. I get to sleep. And that's what the example she gives. I mean, she's amazing. I'll mention Anna Mather. If anyone's not following her, like absolutely follow her. 
but that's it. She said it flipped everything. You're stuck in traffic doing school run. I get to do this. Like, you know, and it just brings you back to the moment of that you're here and you're doing something that lots of people would literally give anything to, to carry on doing. Yeah, we even get to be in pain. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to chew on that one. <laughs> so much to unpack there. So yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, this is so powerful, this conversation. Um, how would you say, Carly, that you now, like looking at how you used to deal with things that happened to you, and I, I like to now look at it as happening for me, how how would you say that you would now deal with that adversity and perceive stuff that comes into your experience that is beyond your control that you need to deal with? Well, I think you've you've said it really. That's the thing. Um, so before my diagnosis, I've had you know, and I've I've shared this before. I've had I've got two brothers and two sisters, um, and one of my brothers and one of my sisters has had severe mental health issues and from for me quite a young age I've been I've been faced with suicide attempts with that um and you know it's carried on I guess throughout my life with that that uncertainty of living around mental illness um and right now I'm you know navigating for the all of last year really like someone very very close to me is going through such suffering, such suffering. And whereby before in the past with like, let's say my sister and my brother, it's always been like, what can I do? Or even with my mum when she was dying, like, what can I do? How can I be of service to them? Um, I don't matter, but what can I do to put them, to help them, to get them better? I think it's a you know, it's something that maybe I carried from a very, very young age. As a, ch- a child, I felt such responsibility for my mum and wanting to take care of her. And that is the biggest lesson coming through cancer is that truth. And that, and actually, I think it, it was cancer that gifted me this, was that I knew only I could do the chemo. And only no matter how much support I had, none of that really mattered unless I got myself in that chair or to the surgery, I had to face the pain of that surgery I had. I had to, you know, do do that inner work. And that was only for me to do that. So you do, I almost proved to myself that no one else could have rescued me. No one else could have helped me, just me. And I think that's, that's the thing that now I, I show up with is that I have full, I want to say full, it's not full. I'm working on full, but I try my hardest to get to that place of acceptance and and surrendering to knowing that I can't fix anybody. And as much as it hurts me and it pains me to see them suffer, I don't have to suffer too. Like, And it's hard because I think for a very long time, that attitude would have brought up a lot of guilt in me and probably, you know, so that's what I say, if, you know, I joked, um, I'm a worker in progress with you ladies, but I am because it is all that. It's a, it's an awareness. It's knowing all of this, but it's also continuously dealing with how we used to show up to things and do things. But I think, yeah, I, I, how I face things now is, is completely different, completely different. I'm very aware that I can't help anyone if I don't help myself. I'm very aware that. I can't fix anyone. I'm um, only just 
give love, give love and, and yeah, and pray for them. But that's it really. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do. You know, we can only control ourselves and we can't control others or how they behave or how they feel or, you know, there's nothing yeah. you can do. And that is, I have to say as well, a big, it was a big lesson for me. Um, and just, just the work in progress, like, yes, aren't we all a work in progress? Like always, right. We're always growing, always learning. And I think it's such a shame when people kind of stifle themselves and don't realize their full potential that, that we are all so powerful and infinite and we are capable of anything, you know, and it's, but, but we are always growing and learning. However much we feel that we've learned, I think there's always more to be learned. 100%. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that's where it's that thing of no matter how hard any challenge is or any day is, there is lessons. There's lessons. And I think it also really is a big thing to do with faith, I would say as well. And that that thing of um, before my cancer diagnosis, I kind of, I, I think I played around with it since losing my mum. I think when you go through a huge loss, um, and you, you know, I, I think apart, we're, we're forever, and this is not in a morbid, morbid way I'm talking, but I think we die many times throughout a lifetime. Like, I mean, and by that, I mean that we just have to say, hey, that, that was me before. I'm not that person anymore. Like, I will not be the person I was before my mum died ever again. I'm now someone else. Like, I've changed. Similarly with cancer, I will never be me before cancer I've changed and I think it's that so I really connected in with I think especially with cancer facing that I the closest person to me had died from breast cancer this is the chance I couldn't die from breast cancer like that is a chance and it actually whereby I'd feared breast cancer forever by accepting that and almost becoming so Again, I guess the wording is, it's the spiritual thing, isn't it? It's about having a belief that is so much bigger than this experience that we are in. And this experience is so important. It's so important. It's, we're here. We are, I'm grabbing it. I love life, but I also really am not scared of death. And that has changed for me potentially the starting point was losing my mum and then building up a connection with her whereby I was like, she hasn't gone. There are things, too many things are happening that it's like, she's around, she's here, there's something else happens. And then various things throughout my, my diagnosis that just connected me very powerfully with that. So yeah, but we don't have to fear anything. if We don't fear death, right? Totally. And, and I very much resonate with this whole being almost reborn many times in your life like having these energetic deaths if you like you know like but everything is energy and you know something else that I really resonate with is that we are all energy everything is energy and energy never dies and it was never created so it's always around so your yeah. mom's always here my daughter's always here anyone that for any of us I feel like you know anyone that's passed from the physical world is still here in some form just not in the form that we can see with our our five physical senses if you like yeah. you know I very much very much feel that way um yeah so I, re I really resonate with that I'm I'm big I'm big on energetics yeah. massive love it <laughs> I relate to that idea of death but I also feel like 
I'll have things that I thought I wanted to move on from or let die and then I'll get like ghosts <laughs> like oh I thought I was done doing this or I thought I wanted to choose this now and then it'll just like kick back and it'll be like oh who are you <laughs> so you talked about this process of I'm not going to call it what you called it, but kind of learning to be there for yourself and, and putting that dedication towards change to yourself instead of everyone around you. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about, um, how you did that and how how you're doing that now just kind of maybe a little bit more detail around like what that looks like I know you talked about summoning the like the strength to get to chemo and just keep showing up what did that what did that look like for you what did it look like um I think I, again, like I said, before I, I got diagnosed, I'd already faced probably what most people would say is like, you know, huge trauma. And I, I was strong through it too. Like, so I already knew as a family, we, you know, there's something in England called EastEnders, Lauren. I don't know if you're aware of it, but mm -hmm. say like, God, my family is more, you know, more, um, not, I don't know, that's probably not the right word, but chaotic or just things would go on in our family that I don't think many families have unless you're in EastEnders and, you know, which is the same opera. So wait, is an EastEnder like a place where you live or does that? I, I don't live there, but it's just, that would be like something I'd say it's like. Play opera couldn't make up my family like I feel you know it, it'd be that kind of thing so okay. I I would also I should probably add I've had therapy since I was 12 I think I had my first therapy session when I was 12 I had an eating disorder in my teenage years I had from when my younger brother got diagnosed with bipolar I started to get severe anxiety and panic attacks I had a lot of therapy around that period of time I had bereavement counseling when my mum died. I had another therapist when my younger sister started to get unwell. Um, we had family therapy around that time as well. I was seeing a therapist when my older sister got diagnosed. So when I got diagnosed, I was already seeing a therapist. Then lockdown happened, that stopped. And then I got a new therapist during... Um, kind of after my surgery and chemo, when I was having radiotherapy because I was not in a good place. And I would say I, I'd watched my mum after her primary breast cancer diagnosis and treatment have a struggle severely with her mental health. So I always knew like it, when it comes to an end, you can really like feel like you're, you know, dropped off a cliff basically and just you're kind of struggling to stay afloat. And I thought I didn't put so much of this in place. And like I was saying, I was doing really well. I was doing really well, but I nothing prepared me for feeling so physically drained after chemo and surgery and having to 
do the radiotherapy, which was also going to drain me. And the showing up there every day and feeling, you know, my body had changed. I'd had a double mastectomy and reconstruction with my tummy tissue. Um, my hair was really short. I'd, I'd cold capped, but I still basically lost the majority of it and cut it really short. You know, so you're not recognizing yourself. You're physically so unwell. A lot was going on for me spiritually. And I just felt like I was a bit lost at sea. And I went to this um, oncology counselor. And when I say I've never connected with a therapist quite like this, he introduced me to compassion. And it seems so simple. I'm like, I've had so much therapy and nobody introduced me to compassion like this. And it became just like this word that I now, and that's also why where Pocket Full of Love came from, is I just started to fuel myself compassion like there was just no guilt there was no shame for anything that was coming up for me it was like I just really became my own best friend which sounds totally cliche but is everything because my mum when she was alive used to say to me you're such a good friend to your friends and you you don't you know you're always giving them advice can't you take it and there was something there was no I couldn't I didn't feel worthy of it I you know it was I really didn't have a very good relationship with my self-worth before cancer, but with the help of him and coming through and having to embrace looking different and, you know, all of that, this just cultivated something very wonderful. And I think that's what, what I mean when I say like, you need to be there for yourself almost. It's that, it's bringing that compassion, compassion to yourself, your situation, and really kind of, building on that and I think the more I was compassionate to, to myself and really nurtured that relationship the more it felt everything just felt much better and more aligned and yeah I think I think that it, it looks like that now in that I know to, with myself inner and my outer we can face anything we're like a team now I really became mm. like as one with myself if that makes sense. that's so powerful can can you give us an example of how you might talk to yourself about something like looking different or something else. So I'll bring it back to last year and how difficult my year was. And I haven't, I, I really not, I'm, I have to be so careful, I guess, because I am an open person and I never used to be, I used to be quite closed as well. And that's the thing that cancer did for me. It blew me right open. I was like, I am messy. I'm vulnerable. I'm this, and I'll talk about absolutely anything with anybody and I'm really like I love conversations with this where we connect we share stories we feel less alone that's all part of um my my beliefs however when it comes to other people and them being not well it's not I feel like it's not for me to share so I can I have to be careful that I can share my own thing which is having had a very difficult year last year with somebody so close to me being so unwell I questioned a lot about myself and that would come up a lot and I think um it can be very very difficult to be around um very negative thoughts and you know difficult difficult situation and with the help of my therapist the way we faced it was he would just gave me this like affirmation and again I'm big on affirmations like I I re you know that's part of my morning routine I'll, I'll I look at what 
once for the day and I've got like you are fabulous on my mirror and all this stuff like you know little reminders today's gonna be fabulous um so I, he told me to say I'm a good person with good intentions and that that has become part of this morning almost like I guess the morning prayer I just kind of wake up and that is how I'm going to start my day. Like, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I get angry. I shout when I wish I didn't. I'm very quick to say sorry now because I've done, like, you know, the parenting reading and things like that. I'm not perfect. I'm the first to tell my kids that I can be, you know, I can be a bit cold. I can be a bit cagey. I can be a bit closed still. Like, but it's there's so much more awareness to it. But ultimately, I wake up and I want to, I want to be good and I want to help people and I want to help myself and so by telling myself that that has helped me to face very tricky things whereas before I would have gone to it's my fault I've done something I I am responsible I'm this I'm that and yeah I think you have to kind of nurture yourself a bit it's so that is just like I feel like this whole conversation is so incredibly powerful and I'm just connecting so much and I just you know, I, I do this whole high five in the mirror because I just, oh, yeah, I just, and I say to myself, No, you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I love, I take a picture for you later. Um, but no, I, I just found that although I say my gratitude every morning, I need to tell myself, you know, build myself up because I was so confident as a kid and had all these issues with myself and, what can I do for others, but I'm not going to look after myself and, and appreciate myself. And, and really, if you don't look after yourself and give yourself all the amazingness that you're giving to other people, you can't really give the amazingness to other people because you're not, you know, it's about the whole filling up your own cup, isn't it? Before yeah. you're able to pour out into other people. And it's taken me also a very long time to realize this. And, and you know, it's, as you say, a process and a journey. And, you know, we're always growing no none of us are perfect I still shout on my kids and I'm like oh no but I feel like I catch myself more now so like slowly slowly it's like we're the awareness then you know allows you to take action faster I think and to try and catch things quicker and also about like you know when I for me like if I used to like stub my toe in the morning and things used to happen it used to affect my whole day when now it's like okay so that happened fine let's move on everything is possible today everything's amazing and and just I think telling yourself that it really helps your mindset doesn't it it really helps to change if you do it incrementally every day you then don't after a while you're like wow my mindset's completely changed like I'm not who I was anymore yeah yeah like stubbing your toe you'll be like I'm having a bad moment as opposed to why is everything going wrong for me yeah exactly exactly Yeah. yeah amazing Amazing. I wish we could do a deep dive just on self-compassion because I feel like, do you guys feel like this? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about times when I've gone through hard things before I practice self-compassion and after I practice self-compassion. And I really couldn't, I mean, I, there might've been multiple var- variables, but I think it's really, um, It can make it so much harder to deal with loss when when we're giving ourselves a hard time about how we're coping on top of everything else that's happening, right? There's kind of like the difference between being in pain and 
and really like suffering, right? If we can have self-compassion, it's just this like painful thing that's happening instead of like we're at war with ourselves on top of it. Yeah. And I think it gives so much more room. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about toxic positivity, but I think actually the being compassionate to yourself allows for the feelings and the emotions and to get you back yeah. to positivity and, you know, growth and abundance and all of that stuff, but it doesn't negate the negative. It's not saying, it's actually saying like, God, this is so painful. What you're facing is so much like you're doing a really good job. Like life is hard. Life is hard. And then you go, okay, so how can I make today a bit ha a bit happier? Because life is so only sore, effing hard. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Yeah. A family show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Out with the titans, get the sunshine. Yeah, that's for title. sure. <laughs> I just realised that exactly. Mike Benefit. Oh, I think I think with the compassion as well, once you're compassionate, you know how to be compassionate for yourself. It's so much easier to be compassionate towards others as well. Well, every exactly that. I mean, I and again, that comes down to how I want to show up in my day. I don't want to think someone is has done something on purpose or is a bad person or is this It will go. My head will go to like, what's going on for them. Like, because and again, maybe this is a, a, one of the hugest lessons from last year is I know how much went on and I didn't share and you know not everyone in my life knows knows the ins and outs and that's okay too but if I've had that and I'm being open and honest then god what well, everyone is carrying around so much with them so much daily so much trauma and so yeah I think it brings so much compassion to others as well so much which makes the world a much better place <laughs> Exactly, exactly. You know, if I think if we all realize that we're all just here to help each other and support each other, I think the world would look very different, you know, but there is a lot of anger and confusion and fear out there. And I think also, you know, a lot of outside sources and the outside world plug us into a lot of fear wow. and a lot of uncertainty through lots of things, war, COVID, you know, all of these things. Um, and it, I think that's when I started to go a bit more inward um, and start to, you know, me personally, go on this kind of more of a spiritual journey um, and more of an awakening, if you like, and realizing that the physical is not all that we have um, and that we are all human beings and we're all part of a collective and we all need to be supportive rather than against each other, actually. Well, I think the world became so polarized, didn't it? And I think well. Yeah able to go inward at that point and go all right I'm being told I've got to be this or that or that and the more you do that the more you go but surely we can just be everything and anything can trust our intuition and yeah I think it's a it's a safety thing for people to feel like they can be aligned with one thing and only one thing and actually yeah for me I'm I it comes from a place of like non-judgment I understand why people feel like that, but yeah, I just want to connect with everyone and anyone and hear stories and share and yeah, be messy humans together. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Um, I don't know if we've asked it, your biggest takeaway from 
all of this adversity and there's obviously a lot more you know to your to your story than just your own diagnosis and journey through that obviously I mean we've heard so much and you've been through so much and really managed to turn a hell of a lot of shit into sunshine as it were um so what would you say is your biggest takeaway and what advice can you offer people going through a similar journey to yourself my biggest takeaway um Really, I think uh, probably the thing that fuels me every day and my my biggest takeaway is that I know I'm going to be able to cope with what's to come because I know I've coped with every single thing so far and I think that for someone that suffered with anxiety and depression and you know panic attacks and all sorts for a very long time having that knowing bring such an inner peace with it I think you know we know it right we've been through loss we know there's going to be so much I know the statistics of cancer so I know so many people in my life are gonna face this you know it's that it's that and that can either be panic inducing thing or it can be like no I'm gonna stand strong and be here to show people that you can get through like the hardest stuff and you can not necessarily even be worse. You can be better. Like you can be happier. You can be, yeah, it's my biggest takeaway. Amazing. Amazing. And advice, any other pieces of advice you'd like to share? I would, for advice, I think um, it would, the, the biggest thing would have to be the compassion. Just start, start with that. Um, you can get through anything, any difficult thing, if you are being kind to yourself, I think. Like, don't give yourself an even harder time than life already is. Just start start with trying to cultivate that within you. Um, yeah, I'll get the support to help. But that, for me, the biggest game changer. Amazing. Amazing. So powerful. Lauren, anything else you'd like to share? I'm just, I'm just like, um, letting it all sink in. You gave me chills a couple times and, um, I think I just, I just feel really lucky to, um, to have had this time with you and hear your story and, and kind of just like hear this story of how developed more peace with uncertainty after having something really hard happen so wow thank you thank you so much for joining us today loved it i'd say you just said peace and uncertainty i think especially from a cancer perspective you have that is something that anyone moving forward from a diagnosis has to almost really work the hardest on to come to peace with that because it's so uncertain right there's so much that could help keep you stuck fear of recurrence fear of every niggle fear of this fear of that so yeah making peace of uncertainty is a huge one for us all right because that life is uncertain 100 percent. that is one of the most profound things i've ever heard huh? <laughs> i say that with a huge smile on my face because i'm like <laughs> 
Life. But it's life. Oh my gosh. But like, it can be uncertain in good ways too. That's what I think we so easily forget, right? Oh yeah, life can change for the most joyous, beautiful, like your phone could ring and you can get great news. I just had my phone ring many times with terrible news, but it's wrong a lot of times with good yeah. news too. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's and, and really that was just, yeah, really profound. Just this whole experience and the energy in the room. I really felt it like it was amazing. I love talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. so beautiful thank you so much Carly we loved you being here um and thank you so much for sharing um do you want to just share where people can find you um yeah I am on Instagram um my name Carly Musa and I don't have a website at the minute I'm working on that okay. yeah. <laughs> and then I'll Carly Musa on Instagram and great amazing we'll put it in the show notes as well so people can get in touch with you um and thank you all for listening to another episode of shit to sunshine we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next time thank you thank you thank you carly thank you everybody so much we got we got a